This is Taylor Talk, the number one Taylor Swift podcast brought to you by taylortalk.org. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 197 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast. My name's Adam. And I'm Steve. And we got something special planned for you guys. So if you remember all the way back on March 11, 2013, we put out an episode, episode 54, with a very unique panel. This particular panel was a panel of all guys to discuss everything crazy from what it's like being a guy in a predominantly female fan base to, um, you know, what it's like being at Taylor's concerts as a guy surrounded by that female fan base, things like that. Well, now, two and a half years later, we brought them back. So on the line with us now are also Augustine and Eric. Hey, guys. Hello. Hello. They're back. We're yeah. back. The Fine. all guys panel. That's who's back, guys. Episode. Okay. It's all beards. <laughs> yeah, beards. Uh, is that what we did last time? Cologne. Beards and yeah, and pipes and stuff. is it? Is guys, everybody I... old enough now? Can we say beards and beers? Mm, yeah. Are I'm we not sure. But I part of half of that's not true, Adam. I still uh, can't grow a beard. <laughs> but you I, uh, do occasionally over the last beer, so. two and a half years i've not grown any facial hair i'm sorry to hear that i actually currently have a beard mainly because i'm too lazy to shave it. no kidding i just i hate i'll probably shave it tonight after we're done recording <laughs> yeah. but but we had to sit down we had to record uh first uh priorities Priorities, right, right. We had to sit down, get in, get on the line here. So no, it's good to be back. I'm like thrilled that uh, you. Uh, well, I know I know you're trying to put this uh, together again for some time, uh, planning the the all guys return. And I know I could probably speak for all of us by saying we just had so much fun last time when we were all together. Well, um, I I'd, I'd say I've been planning it since the last time we did it two and a half years ago. But then it would make me look really bad if this wasn't the most phenomenal <laughs> episode ever, and it took two and a half years to plan. So we'll say I came up with the idea about a week ago and texted you guys and was like, "Hey, let's do it's it. Time. It's time. <laughs> it's it's time. Men it's assemble. Nice <laughs> one." <laughs> I don't know how that would come across or how that just came across to the audience, rather. But um, in case you weren't with us two and a half years ago, um, Eric, you are a uh, podcasting phenomenon, huh? You're a uh, professional <laughs> podcaster, podcaster by trade. I try. I dabble. So just for everyone's reference of who you are, would you care sharing the podcast that you're involved with? Uh, sure, sure, sure. Um, I'll, I'll go just cause you called me out just then. Um, I am Eric Skull. I am on the long running Harry Potter podcast, Mugglecast, um, which has been going since, uh, actually we passed our 10 year anniversary, um, what? just in, in August. We did 10 years of Harry Potter podcasting from Mugglecast. And I'm on another Harry Potter podcast also through MuggleNet, uh, called Alohomora where we're reading, where it's a global reread of the Harry Potter series. And also, in the category of literary discussion, I am on a Game of Thrones podcast called Game of Owns, where we are also currently reading the books in the off-season of the HBO television show. The list just keeps going on and on. Well, I could go for it. Well, there is one more I want to mention. <laughs> I'm not uh, <laughs> hosting. I'm not. I'm, I'm not uh, 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 speaking on this one. But uh, I edit. Uh, this is new. This is since the last year, so I wouldn't have mentioned it last time. Um, 
I edit for the improvised Star Trek podcast, which is a completely improvised episode of Star Trek with recurring, uh, all made up, brand new characters. I'll tell, I'll say more about that later, but I'm going to let somebody else enjoy themselves. So, but, so but, like uh, I said, Eric is a professional podcaster. Uh, no, I guess. really. <laughs> that would usually denote that I make money off of it, and I don't. But <laughs> <laughs> then you oh, must well. be doing something wrong after. It's a habit. Yeah, it's um, a habit. <laughs> but 10 years of MuggleCast, that's crazy. I didn't realize you guys yeah. were around that long, but yeah. congrats on that. We just passed four years. And then um, Augustine, who's about to speak, I think you just celebrated a special moment in your blogging career. Yeah, it's been six years blogging about Taylor Swift and the agency. And yeah, I'm the guy behind the SwiftAgency.com. And I have another website. I'll mention another thing because otherwise I'm falling behind. Do it. Do it. <laughs> you're you're uh, going to like no, let Eric go. upstage you if you don't mention okay. anything else, right? I have another little blog, neverthinkingpossible.com. It's much smaller that I deal with it, like reviews on TV and movies like The Flash and Arrow and Supergirl and Doctor Who and just Game of Thrones as well. And and then Walking Dead and all that stuff. Uh, and do a comics review and uh, and from time to time movies as well. And from time to time I even throw books into the, into the mix. It's not as popular, but it's one of those things that I like writing. So mm-hmm. writing about Taylor Swift, writing about uh, comics, writing about movies, it always uh, it's enticing. So it's, a, it's an honor to be back, guys, because it's kind of like, oh my God, when is this going to happen? But now I'm pumped. I'm going to try to learn from the best here. <laughs> what was the name of your blog again, Augustine? Oh, uh, theswiftagency.com, and the other one is uh, neverthinkimpossible.com. Neverthinkimpossible. Okay, cool. Neverthinkimpossible.com. I like that name. Yeah. Thank like you. Thank you. It's actually it's actually an old nickname of mine when I started in IRC. Oh, my God. I'm aging myself now. IRC? <laughs> I'm myself there. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's the old stuff. Uh, for guys, uh, for the people who don't who don't know what that is, it was Twitter before Twitter. <laughs> oh, yeah, Twitter before cool. Twitter. There was a Twitter before Twitter. What? <laughs> Pre-Twitter. I Maybe don't Twitter. believe you. It was pure text. Imagine no emoji, just pure text. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're definitely glad to have both you guys back on. Um, Steve, you guys should all know by now because he's here every episode. So he needs yeah, but, no introduction. But, but so remember, old hat, Steve. Yeah. Well, what was funny is the first episode that I was really on was this episode that was the original All Guys episode. And then that's what I thought I was just going to do that and I was going to be done. And then all of a sudden I've been here pretty much ever since. Oh, well, you were I, I, you were too clever, Steve. I wouldn't let you go. I know. You, you won You won the battle royale of like the male hosts. We get a second chance now to, to usurp you now. <laughs> it's like, that would, oh, does great. that mean that if we're yeah. too good, we're going to take the stage? Yeah, we show? have to bring up better points than Steve. Uh, Got to put a poll up oh on the God. website or something at the end of this. Actually, that would be kind of funny. <laughs> Who should be the I, I don't know that guy. anybody would ever go vote for it, but um, I don't know. Maybe I'll put a poll up on taylortalk.org. Like, who was your favorite, Augustine, oh. Eric, or Steve? Come who on. gets to keep the spot? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Why isn't Adam in this contest? Because it's his uh, podcast. Can we, can we, I, I'm oh, the one that yeah, publishes yeah, it, Augustine. Sorry. Right. If you guys kick me off, nobody has access. We'll just do another All Guys episode in like a couple of weeks. So it'd be a few weeks that we would have you on. If I need a rematch, if I lose this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't. <laughs> no, but it's good, it's good to be back. It's good to be back. 
Glad to have you, Eric. So I, I'm really excited to get into this conversation. I've been planning this in my head for a while because we kept getting a request for a song analysis over and over again. I, I think at least the first request came from Chloe, who emailed us asking us to do How You Get the Girl. And I thought it would be really funny to take that song for the All Guys episode just because of what it's about and everything. Uh, and and because as uh, our outspoken female co-host Diane said on the live episode, she doesn't really like this song, so we didn't want her on this episode anyway. <laughs> Bringing it down. <laughs> How dare she not like this? Anyone that ranks oh, a song below on. a thirteen gets kicked off. Poor Diane. Poor Diane. A thirteen I out like of what? Thirteen on. out of thirteen. That's how we rank things around here, Eric. You can't yeah. possibly rate every song 13 out of 13, can you? Uh, you haven't watched Adam the show pretty yet. much does. <laughs> oh, I, I do, man. I do. Um, and, and to clarify, Eric, see, I used to I used to give lower scores on songs I wasn't really that fond of. And then there was a uh, fateful conversation with, with Mama Swift where she told me how much heart Taylor truly puts into every single song she writes. Uh-oh. And I was like, how could I ever rank something below a 13 she that she puts that much into? She got to you. She got to you, Adam. Was was that all propaganda? Did she, was, did she mean to get to you? Absolutely, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> your, 13 out of th- your, your, your 7 out of 13 that you gave to that one song that one time really, really hurt them. I um, know. You know what's funny? Is I actually one time had the opportunity where I was listening to an episode of Taylor Talk with um, Mama Swift, and it occurred to me, <laughs> it occurred to me that once I started playing it, that about gosh, like five ten minutes in, I said something really negative about Shake It Off, and I was like, oh. I was like, stop, stop. I was like, okay, you get the idea of what we do. (laughs) I I shut it off before it got to that point. (laughs) You remind me once I saw uh, one of these uh, charting in Pop Bus that that actually the the cool thing about the the songs uh, is they decided, okay, from 0 to 10. No, from 1 to 10, sorry. And they said where where 1 is a girl at home. And ten is all too well. That was their ranking, more likely. And just to let you know, this song got an eight. On a scale of what? Of ten. Of ten. Mm-hmm. But that's somebody else's scale. So let's see what if we find. Uh, yeah, let's let's get into it. I mean, um, just initial impressions. Then, what do you guys what do you guys think about the song? How do you feel about it? Okay. Uh, Crickets? Should I insert a cricket <laughs> chirping there or something? Right. Like, no. right. Usually, I, I know Eric and Augustine, you guys aren't regularly here, but the, the way it kind of works is if, you know, I'll throw out a question and we discuss it. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> normally okay. Diane's the first one to respond on that. I usually let her respond, but then she wasn't <laughs> here, so... I'd... See why we need Ooh. Diane? <laughs> you know what? I'll, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go off of that then, because Adam, you, you already stated that uh, sort of how Diane kind of feels, or actually just that she doesn't really like this song and so if i can just go off of that a little bit i can see why diane might not like this song and i can see why it might not be someone's favorite taylor swift song and i could see why it would rank less than a 13 on the uh ever wonderful taylor swift scale of coolness (laughs) as a song okay but what does eric think that's what matters. We know what Diane thinks. What does it's Eric not, think? Well, we don't know what Diane thinks because she's not here. But I, uh, I, I know I, what Diane thinks because she told me beforehand. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> well, what does Diane think? I can't say yet. 
Okay, well, I will say that my impression of this song from listening for the first time today to this song. Um, Wait, the first time you listened to it was today? Yeah, I mean, I've well, unless I was, I listened to the album, so I must have heard this song, but I wasn't <laughs> paying too much attention to it. Uh, so this song, now that I really got into the lyrics, this was like the first time I really heard what what was going on. And so just generally going over the lyrics, uh, and I know we're going to do that in more detail later, I think that uh, it presents the this image of sort of the protagonist of the song or the girl in the song is possibly not as self-respecting or strong of a female character in, in, in terms of uh, dealing with heartbreak. I, you know, it's kind of, I don't want to step on needles here at all or say something I'm going to regret, but uh, yeah, I think the, the relationship portrayal is not necessarily a healthy one uh comparative to possible other songs and and because you already went there that actually is why diane's not a huge fan of the song is because um you know the song sort of in a nutshell says like oh you can come back and say you're sorry and say these magic words and all of a sudden you get the girl back um (laughs) and and diane's argument was that the girl should be able to heal her own heart and not need the guy to say some magic words to heal her heart especially Mm. if it's been six months right it's like uh, she's if she hasn't moved on, she needs to see somebody about that. And 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 <laughs> and any anybody should. I mean, after after six months, you know. And it's like, just it's just sort of broadly assumes the 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 pop music is so broad and it's supposed to uh, apply to the largest common denominator usually of you know people seeing themselves in the song and that kind of thing. And and in this case. It's. It would not be healthy if this uh, person had not moved on, or or is not at least a little bit skeptical of uh, the boys in the song in intentions, or just lets him back. Like Taylor's kind of saying, "Yeah, this is a surefire way. You're gonna get the girl." You know, that's at least the catchy chorus. Uh, and it's like, well, actually, no, you, you screwed something up so badly and, uh, it ended and it's been six months. And if you decide to yourself that you still want her back, listen, buddy, you're going to have to really try and win her back. Like instead, she's just like, no, just go stand in the rain, nearly get hypothermia. Uh, <laughs> and that part's implied, girl, of course, right, Eric? Because this girl is sure to care for you still which is the part that I just don't care for at all because she's, she's still obviously going to care for you that if she sees you out in the rain, she'll, she'll come out. She'll open the door and say, what are you doing? Are you insane? You know, it's just like, don't, you can't assume that someone will still have those feelings. If it's been six months, you just can't. Augustine, I'm curious what you think actually, because if I remember correctly from your blog, you are in fact a self-proclaimed feminist. Is that correct? Yes. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on this female character then? Well, here's the thing. Um, I'm going to agree slash disagree here because, uh, number one, I fully agree with the idea, yes, if a person is uh, in a certain way that could be, that she could be like persuaded just with these words. But the thing is, I don't take this song exactly literally. 
I take it the song a little bit figuratively. In other words, you don't tell a girl you want her for four words or for better. You don't, uh, I don't want to go too much into the lyrics because we're going to go to that. But in other words, you have to demonstrate all the things that are here. But mm. it's actually more, uh, I also see it also as a guy who before was not sure what he wanted. So I'm sorry, I'm taking the, the song the other way around, which is the guy couldn't commit, the guy was not sure, the guy could not tell her what he wanted or how he felt before. So for me, this is actually a song on the other way around, meaning you were not the guy who actually decided to open up your heart and, this, and tell this girl how much you love her and how much you wanted her, but you actually... Uh, in other words, he she is telling him in the song she's given yes I know she's given samples shaking from the rain and all that kind of stuff, but it's not so much that the lyrics have to be taken figuratively. It's not much the grand gestures. It's 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 kind of like this is the result you want. How you're going to get there? Actually, I don't think that she that this is an accurate guy. I don't think this is kind of like a tailor saying this is how you get the girl. How you get the girl is the is basically you have to break down, you have to open up, you have to go beyond uh, the usual and show her the you, yes, you have to show her the past and all that kind of stuff. But mm. I don't think the lyrics apply, apply, apply literally because I will agree at that point. If this was a formula for getting the girl, it will be very much a little bit chauvinistic to say, oh, I just have to tell her this and that and she'll fall for <laughs> me again. Yeah. No, she won't because you were censored the first time so now you have to actually <laughs> be a better person <laughs> so the did Augustine is... just self-censor there yes i, yes, I think I you did, did. that well, that just saved you so much editing censored. time it's not even that, funny that did i don't have to go in and like cut out Augustine's swear words he just perfect <laughs> i know i know but uh you know what i mean i i'm seeing from that from that point of view because Literally, I don't like the other point of view in which you have to literally nice. say the song. And so i that's why I'm saying I do agree with Eric's point of view, but I disagree that's the way you should take the song simply because Taylor doesn't necessarily mean you're standing there like a ghost. In, in other words, she doesn't necessarily mean do this. What she means is you have to do something along these lines. In other words, this is not an accurate guy, but more of a these are the general guidelines that you have to apply in order to open up and show her this is what this is what kind of person I really am rather than hide yourself, right? So for me, this is a little bit more on the guy than on the girl. The girl is only going to take you if you do all this. And the truth is, I will agree on that part, probably she won't <laughs> after all this. If, she, if you do all that, there's a chance. If you do less than that, there's no chance, but of, but there's no certainty. I will agree on that. There's no certainty that it's going to happen, right? So, uh, This is uh, why we invited sorry. Augustine on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The they, man with all the nice answers. Of, it's right? nice, it's right. a no, really I, nice way of making, making the song more appealing um, or less, you know, troublesome, I think, from, like, uh, a quick lesson. I will say, like, even the title, though, that's, how, like, how you get the girl – how you get the girl like it's just like i know that's a common phrase or expression but it's like the girl is something to be gotten like she's exactly. you know that's how you attain so there's like some maybe some uh uncertainty there or you know just just about how how to take the song but i i, I like well, the I th idea I of it being that's... less of a literal mm -hmm. 
Right. I, I think that's actually part of what makes a lot of people turned off by this song is just by reading the title. And and really, it's mm-hmm. it's missing one word out of the title, and, and it's actually pretty much throughout the song, you understand that extra word that should be there, but it just doesn't go with the lyrics, so therefore it doesn't exist. And that's the word back, because it should be ah. how you get the girl back. That's what this is all about. You know, one of the things that's interesting about it is sometimes when a relationship does break apart, you think that's the end of it. There's no chance that, you know, the moment has passed and everything, you know, everyone's going to move on and everything. And this song is kind of a way to show you that there's a possibility that, yeah, you may have screwed up, but you can possibly fix this. That's that's what I like. This song is about the hope of like, hey, you know what? This might actually work out again even though you you messed it up the first time through. So, Steve, do you think then that the general theme is is related to hope and, like, getting... Okay, I'm only asking this because, I mean, as we get into the lyrics, as we will soon, um, it's sort of a negative situation at certain points, yet it's a very positive sound to the song. I I like to to refer to this. There's two songs that I think go hand-to-hand on this album that are completely the opposites of what happens in the same situation. And and that's obviously all you had to do was stay versus how you get the girl. Because they're both about people, you know, breaking things off and trying to get back together. But this is the one that is the hope, the successful one. The other one is, you know, hey, all you had to do was stay and you didn't. Sorry. Mm. So right. I, I think that's what's kind of cool about having two songs that kind of have a similar theme of what happened, but totally different outcomes. Steve, you you just remind me that there was something that I actually haven't always fought in common between this song and the one that you just mentioned is that both of them look like titles from a sitcom movie, you know, like oh, that, that's uh, true. It, <laughs> Both how you get the girl would be a like a like one of those comedy uh, uh, slash uh, movies that that show up you know teenagers that, that they just broke up and they try to get back together and the same thing uh, the same thing uh, the same thing applies in the sense that there's a there's a bunch of the the in the song at least there's a there's a there's a lot of uh, I don't want to call them necessarily cliches but there's a mm-hmm. lot of you know like movie magic happening here you know standing in the door and opening up the, the rain it's kind of like basically what I think of it is Taylor with uh, with her friends looking at one of these movies that is called How You Get the Girl and then saying when the when the guy does this grand gesture of standing in the rain even though the dad is trying to shake him off or whatever, whatever. Well, I don't want to put it on a topic but and saying that's what you have to do but not necessarily meaning exactly literally that right right and, and Taylor even mentioned when she was coming up with the whole concept in 1989 that she had been watching a lot of John Hughes movies from the 80s so that makes a lot of sense of what actually you know they do sound like movie titles and maybe someday they would be we never know it feels very movie like to me this whole guy shows up at the door drenched in rain like I want you back he got I can see I can see the old pictures of them in photo frames you know just kind of hanging around maybe like a wallet photo that he pulls out. People still carry wallet photos these days. A um, what? Sorry, Eric. Uh, yeah, really. <laughs> a, a wallet. You make, you make wallet yourself sound photo? old. Oh, I think oh, Eric's actually, if, you actually like, if memory serves me correct, Eric's actually the youngest on the panel right now. Okay, that's creepy. 
Um, but also, I actually thought you just couldn't hear me. I thought I cut out. <laughs> wallet oh, photo. Uh, you know, like those those little I know exactly wallets. what you're talking about. No, okay, all everyone right, has yeah. pictures on their phones now. They don't put things in their wallet. Heck, they don't even carry wallets. Li- listeners, this is my plea to you. If you, uh, let's face it, your dad probably still carries a, uh, a folding wallet with uh, some, some inserts. And uh, go open your dad's wallet. Don't take any money out. And uh, and just uh, you know, look at the pictures that he keeps in there. And um, I bet that's it's what a I view. <laughs> I I keep a picture in my wallet. <laughs> yeah, I know I'm the old guy here. All of my I all keep... of my inserts got um, like dirty, and they they don't last as long as the leather of the wallet itself because they're just plastic. So I actually don't have any inserts in my in my tri- <laughs> in my trifold wallet. But I was th- the way the reason I was saying it was probably an old thing is because. Um, most of the guys I know now, even my age, just carry like money clips. <laughs> like, I wasn't even thinking that phones would have replaced wallet photos, but actually, you're probably a hundred percent right. They sure have. They yeah. absolutely have. I gotta even think about that, but you're you're totally right. <laughs> Where were we with this? Oh yeah, the cinematic style of the song. Um, yeah, no, but I can see photo frames which is again another thing that people don't have anymore um digital photo frames right a little thumb drive photo frame of them kissing each other uh you know maybe the maybe the guy actually if this song were more um modern it would be like pull up old facebook photos of of them i don't know it's true of... it's kind of old timey the way that it that it that it's addressed right i have never seen a, a yet heard i should say lyrics of taylor swift alluding to facebook or twimbler or twitter yeah. <laughs> she she's kind of old-fashioned in the way that she comes up with the romantic uh with the romanticism in on, on her lyrics i would say that's really interesting and I, I like that analysis a lot and I like that just that fact like I like that she is old timey in that because I wouldn't want to hear a song where she talks about social media I wouldn't I wouldn't want it she's yeah. intrigued by that old stuff mm-hmm. I mean as long as I have been a fan of hers I know she she's loved shopping in antique shops and things like that well now and then also just the album in general 1989 you know taking taking us back this is before the 90s and many people listening to that album weren't alive then i was barely alive then um so what does that mean you know is is that sort of a grander theme of the album i'm asking you experts now like to take you back to that year or any other songs is is is, is, is any of the content of the song actually reminiscent of that yes. period in time it's intended to be inspired by the 80s Okay. Mm-hmm. As, yeah, a, as so... a whole. Um, interestingly enough, Eric, I know uh, that you haven't been on with us recently, but we have actually talked about the idea that this album is actually a concept album mm-hmm. and tells an entire story. And if you look at actually the secret messages of the songs that come in the, in the lyric books that come in the CD, it tells a full story. They all lead into the next one. That's very um, interesting. So what happens, what happens if you get it on vinyl and play it backwards? <laughs> nothing that i know of i have it on vinyl actually i have this album on vinyl that's how you lost the <laughs> yeah <laughs> nice so you guys want to jump into the lyrics then maybe take yeah, a yeah, yeah, look yeah, at sure. this I, I know it was hard to kind of discuss what the song was about without really referencing lyrics yet um and you know i like that gosh who was it was it eric or augustine someone that said something about all the uh imagery throughout the song because 
the song yeah. as a whole is filled with figurative language. And, yes. you know, it opens up in the first line, stand there like a ghost, right? Ghost being a symbol for something. And something interesting with 1989, tying back to what Eric was asking about whether or not the songs and themes and things tie together, uh, that ghost is a recurring image throughout the entire album. So it appears here right in the first line. It appears in Bad Blood if when she says, if you live like that, you live with ghosts. It appears in This Love when she says, your smile, my ghost. And then it's also in You Are In Love um, with, you know, and for once you let go of your fears and your ghosts. Um, I thought that was really interesting to note. Mm. I don't know exactly what the ghost represents, though. I feel like she wouldn't have done this by accident. No, but... It- of course, Taylor always uh, like repeats imagery to the point that some people start to pick up on it and kind of like say that she's just reusing it. But I would also say that this is an album that kind of like she is leaving or well, we've seen that we've seen the transition to pop, but it's, this is the acceptance of I cannot go back. I have to actually like we <laughs> I'm going to reference and uh, something that uh, that she once said. Uh, I'm going to chase this rabbit, basically, right? When she said you can't chase two rabbits. Uh, The idea of Ghost could be a little bit of I'm leaving stuff behind. I'm leaving kind of like the security, the blanket that was uh, my previous style of my... (laughs) I always stumble upon a Taylor Swift lurk (laughs) behind. And then I'm now going in forward. And strangely enough, she's also going back because she's going to 1987. It's kind of like basically this is a bit of a reinvention of herself, right? Well, it's interesting you said that because what I think the ghost kind of symbolizes throughout the entire album is a memory of some sort. It's not the same memory in every instance that it's used, but it's a memory of some sort because, you know, here, stand there like a ghost is like stand there like a memory, right? That is something she remembers from before he left for six months. It's funny because I took that to mean he's like nearly dead of hypothermia from standing in the cold (laughs) rain. Yeah, but I think that's too literal. That, yeah, that's too literal. Taylor's you're never so, literal. You're with so her pale because you've been out. I didn't even notice because you didn't ring the doorbell. I didn't even notice you were standing out there. But you've been doing it so long that you're pale as a ghost. <laughs> but I, I don't think that's it. I, I think it, it's standing there. Well, like I mean, a no, memory. it's no one thing, right? Um, I mean, there are multiple interpretations. <laughs> but yours is wrong. That's what he Adam. Yeah, yeah Eric's, exactly Eric's, what he is, Eric's is wrong. Um, I hope but, everybody else caught that. <laughs> but there, well, there's a reason I was bringing up what ghost symbolizes because it ties kind of what Augustine was saying about the idea of reinvention. Um, mm. Because that's one of the things I was thinking of when I was trying to figure out about this recurring ghost image. Um, is getting rid of the ghost leads into the final track, which is clean, and that's when you have officially reinvented yourself and moved on from these haunting memories. Because I guess the implication of ghost is not just, you know, ghost wouldn't be a happy memory. It would be, oh. you know, ghosts are spooky. Uh, and, I mean, and it so, could just be memory. It could be neutral. You know, like, right. I, I don't know. this From this love, I watched you leave your smile, my ghost he's her ghost because he's leaving like he's no longer there he's a memory but that's why but it's a haunting memory because it's something good that she's lost it's something good good that she's lost but it's just the fact that she still sees him when he's not there 
That's right. like it's right. the evolution. Uh, aspect I think it. Eric has something there. Yeah, she sees him when he's not there. In other words, kind of like you have a chance of coming back because you're still in her mind. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh -uh. Or, or even when she sees him originally at the door, she's like, "Wait, am I imagining this, or is he actually uh, there?" Uh, yeah, I think Steve uh, like put that idea. Which which song are we talking about right now? You just we're talking about about this one. This one. This one yes. We're still okay. We're back. To, and then if that's the Eric case, had mentioned the use of ghosts in in this love, so I didn't know. But if we were but about but that. then if that's the case too with uh with how you get the girl, um, and she is thinking about. You know, is is he really out there, or is this the the ghost? Is this the memory of him that I always see places that he's actually not? Um, that would also kind of go away to talking about what her mental, you know, what kind of position she's in in the headspace. So I, I that, think that's actually a great interpretation, Eric. Is um, the idea of of what you just said? Sorry. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's actually just, what the guys. I had said. one of those I, brain right, fart yeah, moments. Right. But but it's important because if she wasn't in a state of mind that she cares to reminisce about him or at least think about him, he'd have no chance of getting back. With he'd have her. no like chance. if she has totally moved on, she wouldn't even be thinking about him at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but that is that is like I don't think that's. I mean I agree with that. I don't think that's where this girl is at because. I mean, you know, and we don't know the circumstances in the song of why the relationship ended. Uh, although I actually like the idea that it's because he wasn't able to to open up. Because I think the lyrics do support that idea. Um, but, like, she could be in a totally different place right now, like, where she's not thinking about him. Where if she saw him out on her back porch dying in the rain. <laughs> I just want to say dying because of this ghost thing. Um, that she, uh, that she wouldn't do anything to help. Right. I mean, it can really go the other way here. Um, yeah, because if you, if you look at the song, actually, as, as entirely, it's not what happened. It, this whole song is a plan of what could happen. Right. So actually this is all in the guy's mind or Taylor's telling him, do this and this could happen. Say it's been a long six months and everything. Yes, I'm getting into the lyrics now. But what I mean is all kind of like, this is what could happen. I know that, that you could also make the implication in which the song doesn't come out that good, that this is what, sh what will happen for sure. But uh, what I'm saying is none of this has happened yet. In other words, right. the girl is not really in this picture. We're imagining what what the girl, how the girl will react. But it's like she'll open up the door. It's it's all in a future tense or in an inf uh, I don't know if I'm going to say the right word in English here. Infinite, not infinite. Test, infinite. Uh, like infinitive. In other words, nothing is on the past. Nothing has happened in this song yet, which is interesting. It's so kind of a plan a plot <laughs> to get yeah. the girl but but it actually is very cinematic that's the whole first yes. verse just seems like if you were reading a movie script this is exactly what it's would say you know like you know stand there like a ghost and then just you know everything oh shaking what is from going the rain to... there's another one he's shaking it's very cold out right it definitely is steve dare i say it seems like a scene out of an 80s movie yes oh, yeah. i would go with that yeah, no, to, um, I would totally go with it. That, that's what I was thinking, and I think that's why this song potentially is so heavy with that imagery where, where she's painting that picture of exactly what's going on is because it does have that cinematic quality. And I know, you know, on tour she was always talking about how I Wish You Would was inspired or inspired by, like, that 80s movie feel. But I think this one very heavily is also. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, I agree. Um, 
I definitely think it is. So, um, you know, just reading through the entire first verse, then I know we got hung up on the ghost thing. Um, but then Augustine started to mention others. I just want to make sure we get the lyrics out there so everyone knows what we're talking about. So stand there like a ghost shaking from a range. She'll open up the door. Say, are you insane? Say, it's been a long six months and you were too afraid to tell her what you want. And that's how it works. That's how you get the girl. And then you say, and then it goes into the chorus. So, um, do you guys have anything else on that first verse that you thought was interesting? I just want to speak more to the cinematic parts of it because it, it should almost say like guy, and then it says his line and girl, then it says his line. Cause that's pretty much how it goes with that. And then it's like, and say this, and then you say this, <laughs> you know, that's, yes. what's, that's what's so great about this particular verse is I just love that cinematic feel. Well, you know, it's funny because she said in a video, which gosh, I forgot what the video was from, but I've got the YouTube link, which or I guess we can put in the, it's the radio.com interview. Is that what it was? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, well, she said this is directions for a guy who ruined a relationship. So um, I, I think that's where that part comes in, Steve, where it's like, okay, you say this. Now you say this. It is, in fact, directing the two characters of the story. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel always like it's Taylor. Like Taylor basically got a call at midnight from another guy saying, I lost the girl. I don't know how to get her back. And Taylor like turns on Netflix and he says, hey, wait, I know what you have to do. <laughs> <laughs> and looks at the and, and kind of like switches between movies and goes, oh, shake for Go stand in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> this worked for Christian Slater in that one movie. Um, yeah. What movie are you I, talking about? Not a movie. Well, Heather's, but that's not that does not oh, apply. That does not really apply know, to this. I know it doesn't all. apply, but I love at it. all. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he he was in movies in the eighties. Yeah, <laughs> teenage yeah, he was. teenage movies in the eighties. I think he shows up at like Shannon Doherty's house once or twice in like unexpected. He's usually he's probably carrying a gun, which is again a different imagery, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Heather's is a weird movie. <laughs> Good movie, but thank you for sidetracking us there, Eric. It's good. No, no, I'll bring it back. I'll bring it back. You ready? <laughs> yes. Um, I just realized I can't bring it back. Somebody else bring it back. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, how about that chorus? Okay. Uh, <laughs> yes. Oh, thank God. Okay, I can talk about the chorus here. All right. So um, the chorus reads, um, "I want you for worse or for better. I would wait forever and ever. Broke your heart. I'll put it back together. I would wait forever and ever. And that's how it works. That's how you get the girl. So she's singing it, but she's singing it as what the guy would be saying this is because it's an extension of the lyrics even though the chorus is something you go back to you go back to she this is still what the guy should be saying it's still in the same she's still telling him what to say yeah well you know i think at the at their core um taylor's songs are stories right so yeah um i know there's that whole thing oh taylor dates guys breaks up with them writes about it but a lot of her songs can also be fictional so she really can speak from either perspective because if she's simply telling a story, you know, it's not yeah. necessarily her in the story. No, absolutely not. You're 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 right. So, um, you know what I what I really liked about the chorus though is the first line. I think there's actually multiple things I want to discuss with the first line. I want you for worse or for better. Um, now I guess the simpler part of it is. You know, it's obviously alluding to, you know, a, a wedding thing, you know, for better, or for worse thing. Do you guys think she switched it just to fit the beat of the song? Or is there a reason she put worse, better than or before better? 
Oh, I, I see what you're saying. Um, right. He's yeah, talking saying, about like, wedding vows there. And, yeah. And, and, well, yeah, and better rhymes with ever a lot better than worse does. But putting worse first is is kind of, again, acknowledging that there's trouble, right? Mm-hmm. It's like there, there there was trouble in the relationship. Um, I think, yeah, I think she did it for the rhyme, but I think it works on more than one level. Yeah, I, I that's what I was getting at, or what I was hoping someone else would see besides me, is that mm-hmm. I think putting worse first actually does sort of imply something. It's sort of saying... You know, if it's speaking from the perspective of the guy, he's saying, I want you even even through bad times. Yeah. So we can get to those better times. And again, it's uh, wedding vows, you know, for better, for worse, sickness and health. He's she's I guess is that so. And then you say, I want you for worse or for better. Is she saying you should propose like you should you should commit so far uh, on this back porch here when she hasn't seen you in six months? (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if that's necessarily what it's yeah. uh, what I what I really think that's that's trying to say there, Eric, is not that he should uh, propose, not that the male in this story should propose, but if you remember from the first verse, you know, you were too afraid to tell her what you want. I think oh. it's just saying tell her that you're ready to commit. Exactly. Right. That's what yeah, it's saying. Yeah. Not necessarily get married, but at least commit. Yeah, I think he has to demonstrate uh, a, b- a bit the sentiment behind Wars of for better. But I can see why he puts. Uh, I I can agree with that. Why Wars should go first? He's acknowledging that he has a problem, as Eric uh, yeah. already said. But it also kind of like it states that even in those bad times, I I, I intend to stick around. I don't intend to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it it and it's the whole. Uh, I know it, it resembles wedding vows because the whole idea behind behind wedding vows is commitment. So it's it kind of aims towards I'm willing to go to the finish line if you're willing to. But at the same time, I if I mean if we take it literally, yeah, you're gonna make a girl run away if you if you if you go too strong on those two lines. So the idea would be for me, for, for me, I go figuratively. I say, you have to express that you are going to stick around. Right. But, uh, yeah. but also here's the other part in that. That's uh, that's what I also would agree with Taylor from a radio.com uh, interview. Uh, if you go too strong on that sentiment, uh, you might be end up with a, uh, you know what, buddy, get out of my house. <laughs> You're crazy. So yeah, it's uh, it's figuratively. It's kind of like though it's it's hopeful, like uh, the the idea of the '80s movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wanted to mention that uh, that he that I don't know if it, this would be a good time to actually bring it up. Um, when Rolling Stone said something about this song. It mentioned, uh, and this is from Rob Sheffield in, uh, in, in the article regarding the review of 1989. Uh, this is one, apparently, or one of the top songs that he considers from the album. Hmm. Yeah, he actually said, uh, the best moments come towards the end when Switch shakes up the concept. How you get the girl mixes up the best of her old and new tricks as she strums an acoustic guitar aggressively over Martin's expert disco search. But he also mentions uh, that the best three songs here, he actually mentions this love clean and how you get the girl are the ones that actually passed are past the four minute mark. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that it's uh, that Taylor is kind of like the songwriter who can spend, I'm paraphrasing what he said, 
uh, can spend more than five minutes writing about a scarf and hit every late line. So in other words, it's kind of like some songs are short, but the ones that she wins, she spends a little bit more time have a more um, songwriting significance to her. I don't necessarily think in this case for the lyrics. To tell you the truth, I have a little bit of... Uh, I, you know how I often I sometimes come come up with crazy uh, theories about Taylor Swift? Occasionally. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 more than occasionally. Uh, I have <laughs> one crazy theory that she's actually trying to sabotage the guy with this song. But I'll Oh, my one. God. What? Yeah. <laughs> I have the feeling that basically it – anyway. But I'm going a little too sitcom on that, on that one. I think that she's almost like – almost, uh, you know – Confabulate? No, that's not the correct word. Conspiring with, with the with the girl who you broke up. Oh no! Then oh then you God. come up and wow. you know, all that kind of deal. But then that's my imagination going a little too far. Augustine, Wait, I think I think you're going a little too far on that. And I think that's yes. more like better than revenge, Taylor, and not current uh, Taylor. Yeah, I, I know it's it's a little yeah it's a little more. Let's go a little more uh, with the more hopeful. Uh, part of it because it's 80s right it's it's kind of like the whole vibe it's like you say the howard hughes vibe so yeah but i like the <laughs> that would be john hughes howard hughes was the oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the they're, they're, pre- they're pretty much the same person um <laughs> so t- not quite I, eric tell her how you must have lost your mind when you left her all alone and never told her why that sounds it's like I don't know. I'm trying to think of lyrics that would support the idea that she's conspiring against this guy. Yeah. No, 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 like, no, no, no. I have no basis whatsoever for the theory. <laughs> I, I like it all well, the same. You know what? Just like, mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say that I really like that Augustine brought up that interview because, correct me if I'm wrong, you said something like uh, the author there for Rolling Stone said something that it combines the best of old Taylor with new Taylor, something like that. It's Let's not an interview, that. actually. It's not an mm. interview. It's a review on the on mm-hmm. the 1918 uh, album. It's from uh, from October. Uh, the best moments come toward the end when ta- when Swift shakes up the concept. So the idea is that how you get the girl is kind of like when the best of her old and new stuff mix. In other words, it's kind of like her and Martin. Oh, go well, ahead. You have an I, idea. I, yeah, I was gonna say I'm glad you brought that up because um, what I wrote in my notes as I was reading through this song and annotating is that that particular line kind of in my mind was a flashback to the old uh, Taylor who wrote about fairy tale experiences mm-hmm. and wrote about the happily ever after and the getting married and the mm-hmm. that whole thing. It, well, it's funny you even say about getting married because, you know, there a lot of reviews that came out for 1989 right out of the gate. A lot of people for that song just seem to relate it to Speak Now or The Lucky One, you know, just... A lot of stuff that was from earlier albums, this was kind of like the transition song. Like, if you liked Old Taylor, you're going to like How You Get the Girl. So that's... Right. Mm-hmm. Now, also in the chorus, that part broke your heart. I'll put it back together. Um, that was actually... See, I feel like Diane's not even here, and I'm bringing her back in anyway, just because oh. we were talking about this. You missed Diane. <laughs> um. Well, no, it's because, you know, she made some valid points that, you know, we can either support or counter. Um, but that part broke your heart. I'll put it back together. That was one of the particular lines that she was griping about, you know, based on what we were talking about earlier and the strength of the female character. Oh. Her attitude is, is why does she need him to put her heart back together? Why can't well, and she it's, do it's, it? And it's been six months. It's like, is her heart 
you know, did she make no progress on that? Like, is he, cause he's, Oh, I broke your heart six months ago. Okay. Now that I'm here, I'll, I'll, I'll fix it. Well, what has she been doing wallowing like in for the last six months? Like, I don't know. You, you tend to think that something would have been made a, made a, a deal towards being healed. Um, and that's where you kind of question the girl. Like, um, what? Yeah. Well, no, it's just, you question the guy going, Oh, I'll fix your heart that I broke. Uh, it's like, uh, excuse me, you know, it's kind of already taken care of. Like he, he goes, exactly. yeah. No, I, I, I completely agree there. I mean, it's, it's kind of like the perspective of the guy and in a movie, sometimes perhaps we, we a little lean towards that, but yeah, I, I, I agree with there that it's, it's not, if, if this is how, if this was already on the past, oh no, this is, will actually work. Then it's not so much, uh, it's not so much favorable towards a feminist point of view at all. <laughs> what, what, one thing I think that's important though, is the line before that, the whole broke your heart. Because that's him admitting that he did break her heart, which sometimes yeah. people don't do. And that's the first step of that is, hey, I know that I was wrong. I know I broke your heart and I'm going to try to fix this and I'm sorry. You know, that that is how I'm trying to read that in a more positive light. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I would agree. Fair enough. Because, I mean, the beat of the song obviously has a very positive tone. Mm-hmm. So that's possible. Possible. Anything else on the chorus? Mm. You guys good? We're good. Everybody's quiet. Well, I'm just I'm still missing that part in the last line of the chorus where it should say, "That's how you get the girl back." back. I like back. that. <laughs> um, it just didn't fit in, Steve. I so know, I know. It should be in parentheses though, or something, right? You could do that. You could do it. <laughs> how you get the girl in parentheses back? Have like it echoing in the background, like back. You want to hear something crazy, or perhaps you don't. Not another crazy thing. From <laughs> no, oh again. yeah, I had I had a, initially a very wild idea about this song. Oh, here we and go. It, yeah, you probably have heard this from me because he because the actual chorus is that's how you get the girl girl, and for me that was that could have been not saying it is that's how you get the girl coma girl. Anybody realize where I'm going with this? I I think so. It's not necessarily a guy. Oh. It could, yeah, like I said, no. Like I said, I I have no basis whatsoever. But uh, the the interesting thing is uh, we assume that it's a guy, but actually this applies to both, right? Um, Augustine, you could possibly be right there. If Taylor didn't say in the interview that it's directions for a guy who ruined a relationship. I know, I know. This was like one of the, sorry, go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, no, I understand that actually just because if you are just listening to it and because girl repeats. Exactly. uh, Yeah, absolutely. I I can absolutely see that. And it's interesting because I'm thinking about whether, like how that affects it. If the um, person she's giving advice to is a girl if the gender changes, does it actually change anything about how we feel about this relationship? Because I think probably not, right? It's still been no, it's I don't quite think a it, long time. I don't time. think it does at all, Eric. It's, yeah. a, um, it's a relationship. In the end, it's the a relationship yeah. regardless, right? Yeah. I Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it changes anything because the relationship is the relationship. And, I mean, this album does... I know, I know Taylor, like, shook up the world, quote-unquote, with a line that wasn't even a big deal in Welcome to New York, where she said, um, you know, girls and girls and... Boys and boys, or was it boys and boys and girls and girls? Which order did it go in someone? But either way, she takes that either stance way. that that 
um, same-sex relationships are okay. So, uh-huh. um, it, you know, that could have been intentional, that it wasn't gender-specific, because no, one of the things... Well, hang on, hang on. Um, yeah. That some of the songs may not be gender-specific, because she not only writes her songs for herself, but she also writes them for her fans, and not all of her fans are heterosexual. So Exactly. What? So, it's, uh, so for me, it was a refreshing thing that she didn't have to mention that it's a guy, and it could be a guy. By the way, it's boys and boys and girls and girls. I just, uh, I just double checked, but <laughs> uh, it's uh, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> but uh, nevertheless, I like the fact that technically you can actually reverse the song. <laughs> well, not reverse it actually. It's still a relationship, I should say. It's still a relationship. It's still love is love. That's what I think. Well, you're re- just simply reversing the gender of the one mm-hmm. who broke the other one's heart. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So. Um, that next verse, then, did we read that yet or no? No, we didn't. Uh, I read I read a snippet, sort of. Okay, so, remind her how it used to be, pictures and frames of kisses on cheeks. Tell her how you must have lost your mind when you left her all alone and never told her why. That's how it works. That's how you lost the girl. And now you say, and then it goes back into the chorus again. Um, so we finally get the, get the answer, like, um, why the individual lost the girl. Hmm. He left her all alone. Never told her why. Yeah, that would. I. I would. Yes. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I would open up the door to the porch if if this person left, never said why, and uh, shows up six months later. Just kind of disappeared. So here's an interesting question. Then, if you take a serious issue like that, right? I mean, Eric, you you suggest that you would not even necessarily open the door for that person if they just left you all alone and never said why. Um. So. It's a serious issue. So does does the tone of the song like trivialize that situation at all? Does it negate it? Does it like be all like, oh, it's not that serious, even though it kind of is? Because it's a pop song and it's all upbeat. Yeah. Mm. I I'm not sure because you can. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just see the the whole hope part because that's obviously the first part, the beginning. If she doesn't open the door, you have no chance. She's opened the door, so you've already made it one step. I, to me, this right. is a step-by-step manual, and that's what I see about her opening the doors. It's like, okay, so we got that far. Now this, now this. And that's what I see how this song goes. So you associate it with hope then? Yeah, I Okay, I, I, I get that now. I like that. Any yeah. other theories? Any ideas? Well, it I, I would expand a little bit on that because it actually t- says, tell her how you must have lost your mind. In other words, he's going to acknowledge, I bleep, I did I did messed up this thing royally. So please, please. So th- th- it's it's a it's it's a look back on the past on how you lost her, but how you have now realized that it's a complete mistake. So it is hopeful. It is kind of like asking for forgiveness by admitting your mistakes. Mm. You know what's interesting also is the order of the song because um, you know like we've been talking about. Or, and Steve specifically said that missing word back. This is the part where the girl gets lost. So if it's going with Steve's how you get the girl back, then wouldn't you have to lose her earlier in the song? Well, not, not exactly. Like To me, the first two lines that we're talking about here, the reminder how it used to be in the pictures and frames, 
So pictures and frames, I actually get a couple of different versions of this one. Obviously, you know, we were discussing earlier of like picture frames and that kind of stuff. But also I'm going to throw out that, you know, it could be a Polaroid because Polaroids do have that white frame around it, which mm-hmm. is kind of neat. But actually oh. what I think what I think the pictures and frames are actually is almost playing back, you know, moments in your mind like a movie, like actual like a movie frame of like, so here they are, you know, having a good time on the, the beach together. And here's this particular little memory I here. I love that. So one of those a, old film strips playing where you can see it flashback. frame by frame. Right, right. Yeah. It's a flashback. It's kind of like when you start the movie during the breakup and then you explain further ahead. So what happened? And it's kind of like the... Or when you see one of those TV shows that's like shows you this whole intense scene and then it's like 36 hours before. Exactly. <laughs> right. now. But, but it's showing those good moments. That's what you're seeing in the pictures and the frames is the good moments yeah. that they did have together and kind of re rejogging her memory that, hey, you know what? We did have good times together. Maybe we can make this work. What do you think Which the con- contrast in that verse does to that verse where it's got the good memories followed by the really bad thing put right next together? That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Dare I say the juxtaposition? Of a good ah, situation nice. with a bad one. Million dollar word there. I love that word. It's a great yeah. word. It's a good word. Yeah, but it, it also forces the idea. What did yeah, you say, I Steve? I don't know if it's a million dollar word. Steve but, uh, would pay about uh, 35 grand. <laughs> Not a million. Nothing above a thousand. No, but uh, it, it also kind of like also shows up a little bit the cinematic the way that this song is constructed. Because I'm drawing parallels to when you actually tell a story on the movies and you to avoid the to in, to basically bring the audience in, you start on the moment of the conflict and then go back to show what happened in the back. You start with then later on you show a flashback on how things were nice and then suddenly, oh my god, everything went haywire, right? So it it has that cinematic feel to it. So you think that's where that abrupt change comes from? A little bit because it feels like a flashback. Yeah, it feels like a flashback. It feels like now we're going back and we'll have to sit down and and and, but kind of like I'm going to tell you what happened, right? I think you're entirely right, actually, because uh, just the positioning of it has you in that happy place, and then you're. It's like that's that good memory is almost like a happy fantasy, and then you get ripped back into reality where it's this guy that left her all alone, or this person, as we determine, this person that left her all alone, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it just kind of it ended badly, and then that's what he's there, or this person is there to address. Um, right, right. Good speculation, guys. You're yeah. all invited back. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else on that verse, or do we jump into the last verse? Let's do let's, last verse. Let's bring on the verse. Okay. Yeah, so it obviously goes into the chorus again. Then after the chorus, because um, you know, I don't want you to go. Remind me how it used to be. Pictures and frames, kisses on cheeks, and say you want me. Wait. Changes the perspective of the song. Yeah. Wait a minute. What? <laughs> it, it's just interesting because it now we have this enlightening now. moment where all of a sudden we realize she wants the other individual back too. Mm-hmm. Wait. And it what? all becomes clear. So is she still giving... I'm confused. <laughs> what are you confused about, Eric? <laughs> is, is, so is... Is the singer of the song the girl that was left? Yeah. In the end, yes. Mm-hmm. In the end, what? Not it's the whole time. Like, it's, 
it's a it's a twist at the end of a movie. <laughs> I have was given this guy advice. I was giving this guy what to do, and in the end, it turns out that everything it was because I was the other party. So it's kind of like the twist at the end of the movie. Or is it is it that she was the other party, or is it that the person she's actually singing to is a different person than she wants? I, I don't know how to articulate what I just thought. Um, but like. <laughs> I, yeah, this is this is interesting. This last this last verse threw me for a little curve here. It's it's kind of like her saying basically, I am kind of like at the end of the movie we find out that the person that that he's talking all the time turns out to be the girl he lost, kind of thing. You but know what? This yes, doesn't make secret. any sense. I'm gonna say this does not make any sense because you know <laughs> I don't want you to go. He's already left. He's been gone for six months. Because you know I don't want you to go. That doesn't make any sense. Well, well, I think okay, we're I'll at the moment. Hold up. We're, we're at the moment yeah. where where the the other person is on the porch now. Standing in the uh, rain. Shaking like a ghost. Uh, okay. I, I, I think, if anything, this could even be that that person that was, you know, earlier in the story here that was out there on the porch and everything. This is the part where they're, they're like, you know what? I, I should go. You know, like after they've poured their heart out and say, you know, I'm sorry for everything that I did. Remember the great memories we had and everything else like that. At this point, it's time for the girl to to respond back. And, you know, I think the guy was like, I should probably go. And then she's like, no, 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 don't go. You know, remind me of, you know, all of those great members memories and say that you want me. And then that's kind of where that's at. At least that's what I'm saying. That is kind yes. of like a, a little bit of insecurity there in that final line, that and say you want me. Like, I mean, well, no, maybe that's reading into it because like the whole thing is he's supposed to be there and say that he still wants her uh, and that he acknowledges all the trouble that he did. But like I'm reading it and I'm thinking, um, you know, is this the moment where he's forgiven or what exactly? I'd again, say it's, yes. how, it's how you get the girl. Mm-hmm. Or these were the the check boxes she was looking for. Well, you know what fulfilled those. Um, it goes into another course again, and then there's two more lines that might help it make more sense, Eric. After that, because then it, the song concludes with, "And that's how it works. That's how you got the girl." So it switches from get to got. So this is a this is a fantasy of the singer. Mm-hmm. This is a fantasy of the singer too, of how. And th- so the girl is her specifically, not even you know autobiographical Taylor. This the the song is the, the female girl is character. The, the girl is the the female character is the singer of this song, mm-hmm. is the reveal, and then the the person the girl in this song is writing this song, and it's sort of a fulfillment fantasy where she gets him back because he did all the right. He did the laundry list of necessary things to be able for her to be able to forgive him and for them to get together again. That, that sounds about right. I'd go with that. Eric, got it. Yeah. Got it. Cha-ching. Yay. All right. We made him understand. How, hey, Eric, that's how you got the song. one. <laughs> 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 I like it. You know, I like that it's like even in a, even in a, um, even in a pop song, there's some good mystery. Like there's something, it's a puzzle, right? It's not all, you can't get it on first listen, apparently. You know what? <laughs> it's it's funny you said that, Eric, because one of the things I've thought that has always distinguished country music from other genres, um, aside from the sound itself, was always the storytelling quality. 
And now that Taylor's transitioned into a different genre and she's in pop, I wonder how it's going to impact the pop genre now that she's brought that storytelling quality into pop. Yeah. Um, where pop, you know, songs aren't necessarily as deep as Taylor typically writes. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think you have a couple of ones like that. I, I mean, one of the ones I'm, you know, taking a listen to is like Adele's new album because there's there's a lot of good songwriting and all of that. Is so. that pop though? Yeah, it is. It's on pop radio. It's it's good stuff. Let's just put it that way. But it's on pop radio. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, do we have anything else on this song then? How you get the girl? Any other thoughts you guys wanted to add? Anything we didn't get to? I think we hit uh, the major ones. We hit the major ones. Uh, I don't think I had anything else. All right. So um, perhaps we can give our final rankings to the song. Um, as always, we like to rank it on a scale of 1 to 13, where 1 is absolutely atrocious, throw it out the window, and 13 is phenomenal and Let's awesome. Let's be real. Have you ever given a song a 1? Has anybody on this show ever given a, a song a 1? <laughs> Eric, the real question is, are any of Taylor's songs actually worthy of a 1? And I don't think the answer is yes to that. Right. I don't think any of her songs are genuinely worthy of a 1, no matter who analyzes it. Yeah, and what their biases not a, are. Not a one, but I would say that there's a couple of songs that I would say rank perhaps a little low on the base bit, but this one I would both on music and lyrics. Anyway, sorry. I, I think there's ask. also two scales you have to consider too. You have to yeah. consider the scale where you're ranking Taylor against herself and Taylor against other people. Because there's songs that may rank lower on the Taylor scale because they're not necessarily her best written but they're still leagues ahead of many other artists on the radio. So, two different scales. But you can rank it as you see fit. And Eric, why don't you do the honors since uh, it's been the longest since you've been on with us. If you would like to give it a ranking between 1 and 13, what would it be? I'm going to say, hmm, I'm going to give it uh, an 8.5. 8.5? Is that Ouch. low? Because That's it shouldn't actually low. be low. That six and a half is half. So eight and a half is. I think the. You know what? Uh, I'm I'm so used to like rating out of ten. This is why I gave it an eight and a half. I'm so used to rating out of ten. I'm gonna bump that up to a uh, uh, a ten out of thirteen. There you go. Um, I, I uh, maybe no. You know what? Nine and a half. Nine and a half. Final <laughs> oh. final offer. Nine and a half. You're because, so indecisive. Because look, I, I I rate it very highly now that we have had this discussion. Um, because the mystery aspect, which I was able to finally wrap my brain around. Thanks, guys. And um, you know, th- there's there is a lot of the cinematic style that we talked about. I actually am coming out of this song after our discussion going, okay, I like that song. It's actually a good one. There's a lot to it. Um, I would say there could be more with the the music. There could be more musicianship with, like, there could be instrumentation, could be, like, deeper. You know, there could be a guitar solo at some point. I don't know, you know, what I listen to. But it's just, uh, you know, I think that it's in, in terms of the music, not the lyrics and the message, in terms of the music, it could be way more detailed than it is. I, I can see that. I can see even that. for a and this is a, one of her longer songs. Mm-hmm. So even for a four minute fifteen second song, there's not a lot actually happening with the music. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where most of the points come off. Um, 
So nine and a half out of 13. I would argue to say that that is potentially, and this isn't a knock to any, any you specifically or anyone on the panel because not none of us are actually professionals in that industry. Uh, but considering the team she had behind her on this particular song, I would say that musically it's more complex than we are aware of simply because we just aren't familiar with it. True, and it's very possible. No, I'm I'm sure that given the amount of scrutiny that the popularity of this album, the team behind it, as you were just saying, I'm sure it was intentional. I'm sure this was exactly the song they wanted to make in exactly every way that they wanted to make it. Probably. Um, um, this particular yeah. one, I guess we should have brought that up at the beginning, was uh, co-written with Max Martin and Shellback, who, of course, are two, yeah. um, you know, very, very well-known writers and things of that sort. Mm-hmm. And also produced by Max Martin, for that matter. But so. I'm, I'm feeling a little self-conscious about this whole nine and a half thing. So why doesn't why don't why don't you guys rate the song? Augustine, I, guests first, always. Oh, thank you, but um. Here's the thing. Um, I have to prelude by saying this. I know this song a lot. This song falls into the category of me of personal favorites because it's uh, I Wish You Would. It's, for me, it's like an amazing song. And this one, too. And a lot of people put, put these songs down. And I know they have they could be interpreted like a little too much submissive, a little too much of like not enough, uh, not um, empowering enough. <laughs> Glad I remember that word. But um, I'm going to give it a 13, and the reason for that is <laughs> twice. Attaboy. Number one, one is actually I love the music. I love the lyrics. But also um, I love that for some people this song kind of like get lost in the middle of the album because they listen to it a lot and it's not necessarily a single and nobody necessarily calls attention to it. But on the uh, actual uh, tour, it has a very visually impacting, uh, and, 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 and I'm factoring that in because I can, <laughs> I hope. But uh, yeah, I have to yeah, put it yeah, at 13 yeah, because it's one of those fair. songs. Exactly. It is one of those songs that ever, but that nobody necessarily can, sometimes people can't quite remember how it sounds like and they have to listen to it. To the, which song are you talking about? Which is fine. Which is fine. It kind of like perhaps gets lost in the middle, but it forms a little, a nice transition. It's a very solid pop uh, song. And to tell you the truth, when it comes out in, in a concert, what she has done with it and with the umbrellas and the light, it's, it's also factoring in my decision. But I guess the, I gotta, I gotta say it's one of those, I really like the song and people should like it more. And that's the reason why I'm actually bumping it out to 13. So my apologies to go to the 13 right away, but uh, it's kind of uh, one yeah, of my I'm favorites. I'm pretty upset with you right now. <laughs> I mean, if you can say, if I, I think a 13, this is me not being a host of this show for 200 episodes. You should give a 13 to the one song that you can say absolutely nothing ever bad about ever at all. You have well reasons for everything that anybody else says that's against it. And it's the perfect Taylor Swift song. Or maybe, maybe there could be five perfect Taylor Swift songs. But I mean, if we can say anything about it, oh, maybe slightly not quite as empowering as the others, you know, bump it down to 12, bump it down to 12 and a half if you have to, if you sleep at night. You're right. But 13 should be the perfect one. They're Mm -hmm. all perfect, Eric. Yeah, I support your rating. I I think, oh, go on. You're right, but here's the thing. It's kind of like 
if if everybody kind of like recognized that this is actually a very good song, I would yeah. probably give it a 12. But I'm putting it on a 13, not not because of you guys. I know you guys know your stuff. I'm saying because of a lot of people don't know it enough to give it one opportunity. So just because I feel like it's one of those songs that when people hear it, I can ah, we can skip this one. And I'm like, no, listen to it. Just because of that extra bump that I want to give it, yes, it goes yes. up to 13. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Steve? It's one of my favorites off of this album. Um, actually, I, I even think it has a chance to be a single. I don't know. I'm kind of back and forth between it and its like opposite bookend. All you had to do was stay. I think one of those two is going to be like her next single. Um, I like them both. And the only reason I probably gave it a 12 is kind of a little bit on what Eric said about the the music. I really like the actual song part of it more with all you had to do was stay with its little like real quiet stay and everything else like that. That some of those elements I didn't get out of. I'm, I'm sorry, Steve. How did that stay go? I, I only do that one time. Stay. You guys will have to, re- <laughs> yeah. you have to rewind if you want to hear that. Oh, that <laughs> opportunity missed. Yep. What about you, Adam? Uh, well, <laughs> I Wait, give so every Steve, song. You gave it a twelve. I, I give every I song give a, a thirteen. Yep. Um, and it, 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 just to justify that, it goes back to the scale that we were talking about. I tend to compare it to the general radio, and you know, it is. Oh God! Still on. Okay, so I, the scale is rigged. Like, it's, 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 well, it really is, is, is it really though, rigged? It, right? Is it yes. really rigged, though, Eric? Because There's, just because Taylor is a more talented writer than virtually everyone currently on the radio, not everyone, there are a lot of people that are as good, but, um, you know, as far as the general population goes of artists on the radio, Taylor is, in fact, a better songwriter than the, the well, overwhelming that, majority isn't of them, that so. already accounted for by the fact that you have a scale that goes to 13 to account for like <laughs> no that I has to do with it being taylor's favorite number i know i know what 13 is in relation to taylor but i'm saying the fact that you have a scale that goes beyond 10 kind of indicates that because that, that, that she that she already can score higher than everybody else let's just say that uh, oh whatever. Well, either way, if you need me to, if you need me to justify 13, it beyond just a twelve this, out of thirteen is ninety two point like five ninety two point four percent. That's an it's A like, minus. It's an A minus. That's an A minus. A minus isn't good enough. Um, so it could be a nineteen point eighty nine percent. There you go. Well, well but here's, C, uh, C is average, so let, there's still a lot of room there. Like I C think is even average, gross. C is average, right? Um, is that still a thing in schools today, Adam? Uh, not, not, uh, not from what I've observed. It, it seems like students are very fond of the A, whether they earned it or not. Um, <laughs> but so, anyway, like so, taking it. If you need further justification, though, Eric, I think actually it had a lot to do with our discussion on the song itself because it did seem like one of the simpler songs off of 1989 to begin with until we really dove deep into how it is impacted by the various choices she makes as a writer her uses of imagery that give it that cinematic quality um the recurring ghost image um you know things of that sort that we we came up with and really discussed in depth actually shows how this song is just as well written as any of her songs that you know are obviously deep songs uh, okay, I mean, if you have to work for something, it can be both rewarding and um, 
I, I, what's the other word? Isolating, excluding, excluding, exclusive, something like that. Um, you know, it just depends on if you like to work for your for your enjoyment. But well, I will Eric, say that if, okay. if I didn't if I didn't like to interpret her songs on a deeper yeah, level and work for it, this show podcast. wouldn't even exist. So well, look, and I I will say that I I went up on my rating after we reviewed it. I think that listeners at home probably um, also can appreciate the song a little bit more that they've heard a discussion on it that was this in depth. Yes. I think it just generally, I think that's a great idea. And I like that we did it, but I did do the math and okay, my 9.5 that I settled on is 73%. So I did say she still passed. That's a okay? C minus. Taylor still passed. C no, minus. In my grading system in school, 73 was when it became a C. When so does a C, when, when does a C start? When everyone you? listening visits taylortalk.org to vote in the poll on who of uh, oh, the God. three of you we should It's going to be me because I Remember didn't, like, that Eric gave Taylor a C-. minus On this song, come on. <laughs> do I need to talk about how much I love uh, We Are Never Getting Back Together? Because I, I, I can talk about that for like 10 minutes. You know, it's funny. I went to get a burrito for lunch and it came on in the restaurant and I was like, I love this song. It's a good song. Do, do you know what's really yes. funny about that song, though? And, and we did not mention it all with this song, because that also falls into that opposite version of this song. Exactly. Where, you know, this is them getting back together. What He calls me up, be... and he's like, I still love you. I still love you. <laughs> I still love you. Yeah, this is kind of, yeah, that that's kind of like the bad outcome to this song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. she's like, this is so work. exhausting. We're never getting back together. Yeah. This is when, that song is when she said no. Um, because she's better than that. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. yes. And that could have been one of the things that Taylor wanted to do for this particular song is like, I like how that song is, but can we make a version of it where they actually do get back together? <laughs> and then they came up with this one. We should, we should reunite this panel for We Are Never Getting Back Together discussion at some point. Have you guys not done that discussion of yet? Of course we've done that discussion. <laughs> That's one of the most popular we... episodes of all time. In fact, that actually was that was the most listened to episode of Taylor Talk until behind, Shake It Off came out. Behind the All Guys episode, right? Actually, the All Guys episode was so early in the Taylor Talk career that it wasn't... Uh, it didn't have a very wide audience, although you guys, we had a great. You re-released it, didn't you? you uh, yeah, that's me. that's what I was yes. gonna. That's what I was getting to. Is I did in fact re-release it. Um, let me see which episode I did that. It was a recent one. It was in the last within the last couple months. It was episode one ninety. Um, so so we, seven episodes ago, I re-released it as a Taylor Talk classic. Oh, so these people all know who we are. And Darn. I, <laughs> well, it did the second time around actually double the number of downloads that it did the first time around. So um, we can be proud of that. People enjoyed it second time around, too. Hey, I didn't catch on. Uh, which was Which is your most downloaded episode, then? That would be um, Shake It Off. Really? Oh, Shake nice. It Off. Uh, it, um, within just the the reviews or like of all time that that no that's of that's of all time um hang on if I, I can pull up the exact number it just has an absurd number of unique listeners um it ended up it was well over a hundred thousand um oh my god man. uh let's see blank space one was pretty popular that was around ninety thousand and shake it off I don't even know where shake it off went Where'd you go? Shake it off. I think shake it was that it long on. ago. It's shake. on a different different page, but um, 
I can't. I well, can't you can find it. Oh you yeah, there it is. No. Um, it's oh. a, it's a, yeah, it, it's it's well over a hundred thousand. Um, hundred and fifty thousand roughly. Wow, that's nice. a lot of people. That's going. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, way to go. I think it was the song more than it was us, but <laughs> I'll take it. Um, anyway, so just uh, wrapping up the episode, a few little things. In case you've been following Taylor around the world, upcoming on our calendar, the 1989 tour is picking up again in Sydney, Australia on November 28th. And a couple shout-outs before we go. We got some five-star reviews on iTunes, and I want to say thank you to Amelia and also to, I don't even know how to say this, C-H-L-E-M-M-A, Clemma? Clemma. Clemma 321, who said, I absolutely love Taylor Swift, and I love how this podcast doesn't gossip and just talks about her music. I can't wait to listen to the next episode, which should be this episode, actually. (laughs) Hope you liked it. We didn't didn't gossip, did we? I hope you don't hate me because I gave it a (laughs) 9.5. I'm standing by that for Diane. There's a text conversation right now happening, Adam, and I'm going to tell you that uh, Diane appreciates my rating. (laughs) Nice. How dare she? I think she just appreciates that it's not a 13. <laughs> Again, how dare she? Okay, I, w- I won't put words in her mouth. She can she can talk about it on the next episode she's on. Alrighty, well, um, Eric and Augustine, I'm glad you guys could join us. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much for, oh, no, for thank your thoughts you. and all that. So, um, Eric, uh, before we get going, where can people find you if they want to listen to your other podcasts? I would uh, I would primarily recommend uh, that that uh, well if they want to hear me um, then I'll just say Mogocast Alohomora is uh, every week and we're we're in Deathly Hallows too so it's getting towards the end of that and uh, of course uh, Game of Thrones if you're familiar with Game of Thrones but also check out the improvisational comedy podcast Improv Star Trek Eric I think you need oh, to start an EricSkull.com like homepage to link to all these. Yeah, no, there used to be. To I have a domain, but yeah. Anyway, check, <laughs> even if you're even if you're not into Star Trek, there is. I will say, in improvised Star Trek, there was an episode called "We Are Never Ever Ever Getting Back to Our Spaceship," and <laughs> the the crew, the crew of the USS Sisyphus is stuck. They're in a parking lot at an amusement park world planet, and Zaylers Zaylers Swift, a futuristic version of Taylor Swift, shows up in that episode. So. I'm just gonna throw that out there. That I gotta uh, listen to that. These why, guys why, Eric? Didn't you invite uh, me or Steve as a guest on on that? That, that episode actually recorded uh, before I was uh, part of this uh, editing uh, team for the podcast. Uh, so uh, just before, actually. So, but uh, but no, it's a it's a completely improvised. It's not even a really about Star Trek. It's set in that world, but it's it's a human comedy. And you guys got to check it out. So <laughs> I can just put more Perhaps listeners one that way. I, I edit for them, and the next uh, the episode that comes out two Sundays from now, uh, I'll have edited called "Weekend at Baxter's." The Captain Captain Baxter. So it's again just fun punny titles. Anyway, I'm done. Thank you. <laughs> and Augustine, of course, where can we find you, sir? Uh, well, primarily on the SwiftAgency.com. Now I have a second uh, blog, NeverThinkImpossible.com. If you want to hear anything geeky or based nerdy, or basically just uh, listen to to me rant about uh, uh, TV episodes and such. Spoilers are plenty on, on that one, though. Oh yeah, yeah. But I always, I, I always put like a message of spoilers. But basically, it, yeah, it's just, it's uh, kind of like a post. It's not so much of a recap; it's a post review. So, yeah. But uh, uh, we, oh, oh, you've read it then, <laughs> probably. But anyway, uh, yeah, and also on Twitter on the Swift Agency. 
You know, and That's one thing I have to say about Augustine's blog, theswiftagency.com, I, I don't read your other one because there are too many spoilers for me, and I'm very behind on all those TV shows you talk about. I completely understand. <laughs> but one <laughs> no thing worries. I do have to say about your writing on um, theswiftagency.com that really, really sets it apart from a lot of these other Taylor Swift fan sites that exist is it is truly a blog in in its entirety in that you really inject your personality into your writing, and it's not just you know, reporting of news and trying to sound like a journalist, but rather um, your own thoughts and opinions and your own uh, writing style. And I think that's really cool that you do that. Thank you so much, Adam. Always so gentle. But yeah, I weigh, I weigh too much put ninja references on that way. So, <laughs> everyone loves anyway, ninjas. Yeah, I know. I know. I just try to make it sound, you know, like not so serious, not taking myself so seriously. But yeah, I I, I appreciate, I appreciate you saying those kind of words. Yeah, Thanks. so of course we will um, link to Augustine's blog and also uh, Eric's podcasts at taylortalk.org slash episode 197 if you're interested in checking any of those out. Uh, those will definitely be available. And don't forget to go to taylortalk.org and, you know, vote in that poll to decide who is going to be our future co-host. <laughs> Whether or not oh, you want to keep on. Steve you're, or replace yeah. him. Dare I say you're number one. Uh, <laughs> uh, you get it. You get it. I love that you get it. We're not We're not really replacing Steve. No, we're not? not? No, we can add to Steve, but no, we, won't, we won't he ever it replace. It wasn't a 13. I, right. My vote there is keep go. Steve. Keep Steve. Yeah, well, it's definitely not going to be Eric. When you vote, remember that Eric gave this song <laughs> yeah, a 9 when, and a half. When you vote less than 10 on a 13-point scale, you're pretty much done from the show. Right? Never coming back. Like ever. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> nice work. Cool. Nice work, sir. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining. So to wrap it up for episode 197 of Taylor Talk, the Taylor Swift podcast, this has been Adam. Steve. Eric. Augustine. You. <laughs> You're like, Eric, Augustine, you guys didn't know which order to go. We kind of threw you into that one, didn't we? And right. Yeah, Eric. I know, I know. Eric. What Should we do it again or what? Oh, it's fine. Just say <laughs> bye now. Bye. Okay. Bye. See you guys. This podcast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift.